Welcome to the Pet Show with Jimmy Jelinek and Dennis Quaid. Our guest today on the Pet Show is Mike Bridevisky, the human behind the legendary Lil Bub. Born in 2011, Lil Bub was the runt of a feral litter and needed special care when she was taken in as a rescue, according to her biography. She suffered from feline dwarfism, never growing past her size as a kitten, and had a variety of other genetic anomalies, including disproportionately short limbs, an uneven jaw, and an extra toe on each of her paws. Her tongue drooped because her teeth never grew in. In spite of this, or perhaps because of this, Bub became an early social media sensation when her pictures were first posted on Reddit. This was long before the ubiquity of the so-called pet influencer. There were in fact really only two cats at this time that mattered, Bub and Grumpy Cat. Bridevisky shunned much of the merchandising opportunities and overbranding that found Grumpy Cat as the face of his own coffee and other opportunities. But the two were also mortal foes in an Oasis Blur-style rivalry that pitted the DIY punk rock bub versus the corporate Grumpy Cat. The result for Bridevisky was a life-changing journey born from bub, which allowed him to channel his creative energy and vision along with his ragtag friends into building an entire universe and narrative around her. At Bub's peak fame, she had a TV show, numerous merchandising deals, and to this day maintains a massive and loyal Instagram following of close to 3 million fans. Upon her death in December of 2019, she was the subject of a New York Times obituary, reserved for heads of state and individuals who have impacted the course of culture, news, and history. Bub undoubtedly did all of these things and much, much more, touching the lives of millions upon millions of people. I spoke to Bridevisky just days before my own journey to adopt Dennis Quaid the cat, hoping to gain some wisdom, or at least a few tips on feline travel as I was nervous to the core. Mike was soft-spoken and generous with his time, and humble about his role in the life and times of Bub, who he says chose him for some cosmic reason. His goodness, though, radiates and is evident why the two made such a potent team. So it's an honor and a privilege to welcome Mike Bridevisky to the Pet Show. I've never traveled with a cat before, so... Oh, yeah. So that would be interesting. And you used to travel with, with Bub a lot. Like, I got the, the pet carrier that I'm going to yeah. carry with me. I just have to keep him calm and happy i guess right can't let him on. <laughs> I, I was blessed bub was just it's not anything i planned it's not anything i yeah. i worked on i just the first time we went on a plane the first time we traveled anywhere like even a car was to go to good morning america on a plane and so i i had four other cats so <clears throat> i was very familiar with how cats typically travel which is they don't i even told them you know good morning america like this could not go well and if when we land, if it's a total shit show, like I'm not, I'm not doing the show. This I don't, I have no idea how Bub's gonna respond. She's a kitten, you know. And we got on the plane, and Bub was in the car. She was just like so excited, so like almost like in a better mood than she's ever been. Was like a dog, like wanted to look outside the window. Was like looking at me, like this is amazing. And I was like, this is bizarre. 
And then we got on the plane and she was so excited and sat in my lap and was purring and really just like really wide eyed. Did you let her out of the carrier? No, I took her out of the carrier. She's she's really she's not really a cat. If you if you ever met if you'd ever get to meet her, you'd be like, this it doesn't make sense. I didn't think of her like my other cats. Like I would never take my other cats to any of the things we ever did, ever like let them out. She just sat with me. She was very, very wise, and she knew what she was doing the whole time. Like everything we did, whenever we did TV show shoots, stuff like that, everyone's like, "How did you train her?" To I was like, "I've never done anything. She's just this is just how she is." It's hard for me to give any advice because if I had to travel with my cats, I'd be like, "I don't know what to do." You can try CBD oil, but I mean, she's a new kitten, right? He's four years old. I mean, I, I guess. There's so many things going against me. A, I'll have just met this cat on Saturday. I'm flying home on Sunday. But I'm hoping that the fact that he's sort of semi-institutionalized, you know what I mean? That he's spent most of his life in a cage, that he might be okay, confined. I know it's, I think tra the, it's the motion that, that freaks him out. He's yeah. probably going to howl and scream. You never know. You might get a cat that's cool with it like Bub was. The cat is like super lovely, friendly temperament, but yeah, it is. I've never known another cat not to. It's not necessarily that they're freaking out, but they're they'll do like the that thing, and whenever they're traveling, and I I mean I guess I I was just counting today. I've I've had eight cats up, up until now. I mean, it is what it is. They can't kick me off the plane, you know. Oh. It, what is it? Oh, there's a um, these wipes, these uh, pheromone wipes they make yeah. for cats that you can like. Maybe you heard about them, and you can wipe them around the carrier, which a yeah, lot of people. Yeah, they gave me some of that. It's like a spray. Like I went, yeah. I went to PetSmart yesterday. I'm just gonna do this through ignorance and sweat and hope it'll be okay. You know. It, I mean, the worst that can happen is. Have you, do you have any kids? Yeah, but I'm not traveling with the kids. Like, no, I know, but I'm saying like when they were babies. Did you ever fly when they were babies? Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, that's it, the worst. It could. It's, it can't be worse than that. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's fine. So let's get back. Let's get to Bub now. I mean, I am. I have so many questions. I mean, I, I'm so excited to to talk to you. Oh, thanks. Just real quick, it would be really funny if Dennis Quaid was a female cat, though. Yeah, it would be really funny. Unfortunately, we didn't get to uh, choose the, the gender. Yeah, character. yeah. What happened was we saw I saw the news alert on Saturday on Google News, or Dennis saw the, the news yeah. on Google News, and then literally we're like, we got to get that cat. And <laughs> that's for really, a while for them to actually believe us that this was real. Like I had to send five emails and like send links to the show. Like, no, no, this is real. Like... Like, we'll do a Zoom with you, with Dennis, on Tuesday. Like, we want to do this. Yeah, it would have been very funny if it was a, it was a female. Um, <laughs> you live in Indiana, right? I do, yeah. Okay. Do you work at IU? Is that, am I correct? Oh, I did a long time ago. Oh. But okay. it's been, it's been, how long has it been? I quit. It's been 12 years. Oh, okay. Did managing Bob become, was that become your full-time job? It did. I, I'm a recording studio owner. Okay. So I've run my own recording studio for 17 years. Okay. And so I, I still kept doing that. But, Bub, the unexpected rise to fame and sort of everything that came with our particularly unique experience took a front seat and occupied all, all 
pretty much all my time. And, and it actually still does occupy a lot of my time. Yeah, so it became, I would say more than a full-time job, it became like a life experience, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I guess so, what, I guess what I'm really interested in is, when did Bub pass away? Was it a year ago? It, it'll be a year on December 1st. Yeah, so I'm really interested in when you, you know, cause you're one of the first of the so-called pet influencers where the pet has passed away and then you're still maintaining the, the presence of little bub online and you know how you do that in a way that is uh, not tasteful so to speak but you know honors the, the memory of little bub and keeps people engaged. You've done such a great job of it because it's not like a bait and switch like here's bub too. Yeah, you know, I didn't know how this was going to go. I obviously knew that Bub wasn't going to live forever. And I also knew she wasn't going to live as, as long as most cats. And I'd be lying if I said, I, you know, in the past three years of her life that I knew, I didn't know that it was coming, you know, soon, possibly at any moment. But I definitely did not have any plan for how that's going to go. I, I had no clue. I, I sort of treated the whole Bub thing from the beginning as something that, well, I didn't treat it as something that I didn't never planned. I literally never planned any of it. Yeah. It sort of happened and I just went with it. It was sort of like, it was Bub's thing, but it was, Bub found me for a reason. I contained, I, I possessed specific qualities that she needed to achieve the things that she needed to get done on, on our planet in a very short amount of time. And she's like, he's really good with pets. He's caring. He can also be a dick if he has to be. He can like take care of me and love me, but also make sure that people don't take advantage of me. He's empathetic, so he can get all this stuff done. And he's not gonna, you know, turn this, make this all about himself. And that's sort of how I pictured the whole thing. Like, this is about Bob. This is her thing. This is insane. What's going on? But I've got the skill set that I think I can apply you know, from being in bands and making records and doing other extracurricular activities, making videos, f photography, all the stuff that I enjoy doing right. was like, oh, this, I can use all these tools to help Bub achieve this thing that's happening right now. Like this is happening. Like people are excited about Bub and I already, you know, I, I had four rescue cats at the time and I was like, there's a, and, and everything was timed so perfectly. Like she knew what she was doing, man. Like she showed up you know, what, nine months before Instagram <laughs> became like a thing. You know what I mean? Like everything was so calculated. And, you know, with Grumpy Cat, she she was able to stay the underdog during all of it. And like all this stuff that I couldn't have made up myself. And sometimes I think that it was an, I'm living like an alternate reality. You know, a lot of people would be like, you got a plan for when she passed away. Like, what are you going to do? And all this stuff. And I was like, I am not, I don't want to think that feels weird to think about it. I'll just see what happens. Bubble, bubble know what to do. Yeah. And it, as, as usual, is pretty serendipitous. Um, we had, I'm not sure how familiar you are with all the things that Bub's done, but one of our, one of her greatest achievements is Little Bub's Big Fund for the ASPCA, which was yeah. the first special needs fund, uh, the first national fund for special needs pets. You know, we'd been doing that since 2014 with the ASPCA and it was going real great. And then, you know, a few months before Bub passed away, obviously I had no idea Bub was going to pass away. The ASPCA was like, hey, we're closing our grants department. 
which means you know Bob Bob's fun can't really go on the way it has been. We can do this, we can do that, or you can take over the fund and, and manage it yourself. And at the time, you know, two kids, three and five, and with Bob and the studio and everything, I was like, that sounds like something I'd want to do, but that's just too much, you know. But the timing worked out in such a way, you know, Bob passed away. And then like the ASPCA emailed again, like shortly after that, have you thought about this? And it was like, oh, I mean, the opportunity to, to like to continue Bub's legacy is like staring right in front of me. Like we, our family can take over little Bub's fun. This is what we need to do. I mean, this is why she was, she came here. I mean, there's a number of reasons I, I believe she came to, to earth, but it's the perfect way to sort of honor her her legacy and continue her legacy by continuing to, you know, give a voice to special needs pets and to bring awareness and expand on what we started. You know, the fund was really a fund and we, we, we gave out grants, but we're, you know, we're now expanding into um, a foster care program that's focused on special needs pets. You guys raised millions of dollars, right? All in all, you know, I, I didn't do a great job of like keeping exact tally of, cause we did so many appearances and all this stuff. You know, Little Bub's Big Fund administered over $425,000 in grants. Wow. Yeah. And then on top of that, I think we raised, you know, at least three to 400,000 from appearances and all, all kinds of stuff, you know. Where were your kids in all of this? Like that must've been such a, an amazing way to, to grow up with a famous cat in their family. I mean, that's just like no one, no one else in their immediate universe was having a similar experience that they were in having a famous cat in their life. It's interesting. I, I think about this all the time. So the thing is right now, I guess when Bub passed away, Lula, my daughter was two and Roscoe was four. So, you know, they were still too young to really understand that she was famous, but it was even sort of better. It was kind of like they'd go to a they go to a friend's house and they'd be like, "Where are the stuffed animals of your cat?" You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. oh, your cat's weird. Its tongue's not sticking out. Right. You know, like <laughs> that. Like their their reality was flipped. They thought that their reality would be everyone else's. But now they're actually getting to the age where they understand more, like what she meant to people, and that she was truly magical. And they talk about her every day. It's, pretty special. And you said that Bob found you for a variety of reasons. One you just talked about, which was to bring awareness to special needs pets. But what were some of those deeper reasons do you think that Bob found you and chose you to be her person? Well, she came to me at a really pretty tough time in my life. Um, and and when I say tough time, it's tough time in my bubble of what was tough, you know, but, uh, you know, my business wasn't doing well. I was thinking about bankruptcy and, uh, you know, heartbreak. And then at the same time, a bunch of like someone slashed the tires on my car and it wasn't personal. They slashed the tires on everyone's cars down, uh, down the road. Personal and it gets done to you. Yeah. Oh yeah. And my radiator blew up and I got scammed on eBay for like 2000 bucks. And I was like really out of cash money. And I wasn't really happy working at my studio that I, you know, I, I decided to be a recording engineer when I was 15. It was my dream, but I was like burned out. It was just a pretty heavy time. And, uh, like that same week, I was a, like a mess, like sort of like an emotional breakdown, like an all-time low. 
I, I'd already had Bub for a few months, but that's when Bub really stepped up and was like, we got, dude, you got to turn the shit around. So I'd already had like a silly blog for her. It was just for fun. I never had a blog. I never had anything. Just everyone was so into Bub. It was like, she was like a local celebrity. And me and my buddies just, my one buddy made a t-shirt of her like this, because he designed band t-shirts and right. made a Bub shirt and like all this stuff. It was just like real fun. And we had a birthday party for her and everyone came and picked up their Bub t-shirts. It was like a local yeah, she was like a local celebrity, and then I had a, like a blog, just just whatever for fun. Uh, someone's like, "You should have a blog for Bub." Oh, that's a great idea. You know, she's—I mean, she was so amazing. I was excited to share her, but this was before people actively did, you know, did this yeah. for like specific reasons. My only reason was that I thought she was the most amazing creature on the planet. When this was like 2012. This is 2011. Yeah, 2011, 2011 2012. Yeah, 2012 is when you know. The shit hit the fan and I was a whole mess and Bub was kind of like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to make things a little more interesting for you here. And, <laughs> and that same and, week. And Instagram is just launching. Like it's not real. It's like, it's, it was like on, it was like Apple users had it for maybe nine months and it was yeah. getting real popular. And this is before Facebook owned it. And then they just made it available for Android and I had an Android phone. But like, there were no in, there were no influencers yet. Never no, any no. pet influencers or, or any of that. Yeah, none of that. I mean, that was a concept that was like not even didn't even yeah. exist yet. Like that's yeah. I remember the first time, and this was still before like an influencer thing existed. But the first time a company offered to pay me to do a tweet, and I was like, "This are you?" It blew my mind. I was like, "What? You just want to pay me to tweet? That's like this." It's like, it makes sense, I guess, you know, I have followers, but now it's like an obvious thing. But then it was like, this is, in, this is bizarre, really bizarre. So anyways, yeah. You've been this wind, like you're facing bankruptcy and, and financial ruin in a sense. And all of a sudden it's like, here's the salvation for you. I mean, it's incredible. It's sort of, but it wasn't even like, it just, okay. she just made things interesting. Right, right. Okay. Basically one of her photos went viral. And, and right. I remember waking up, like I would wake up just like and start sobbing, feeling bad for myself. Yeah. I remember like wiping the tears away and seeing like an email from a guy who was on Reddit all the time. He had Bob before me and then passed. I, I took her. Uh, he was oh, like, dude, I, another dude in your town and you're in Bloomington, Indiana, right? Yeah. So there's another dude in Bloomington. I'm sorry, I don't want to blow up your spot or anything. But there's another dude in Bloomington who had had Bob for a little while and then he gave her to you. Well, not directly, but he gave her back to oh, okay. someone that knew someone that knew, you know, that right sort on. of thing. Right but on. I knew him. Yeah. And he was like, Hey, Bob's on the front page of Reddit. I didn't even know what Reddit was. Honestly, I was like, right, right. Oh, okay. What? Oh my God. Oh God. What is this? And then it was, again, everything was so weirdly timed that I posted pre-orders for bub t-shirts or i think we already had the shirts in and i did a pre-order anyway what really happened was like people were real into bub from this and by viral this photo didn't really go viral i mean like forty thousand notes on tumblr or something it's like it's still quite a bit yeah yeah but it's not like you know how grumpy cat went like yeah nationally viral, like was the front page of everything yeah, 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 yeah it was sort of just like this it was sort of like a deep cut you know yeah bub was and um we had these shirts and then it was all the right people were falling in love with her, like BuzzFeed and I didn't know what BuzzFeed was. I didn't advice and all this stuff. And my buddy was helping me. I never thought I was going to be fulfilling 
orders, I thought like buddies would pick up shirts and it'd be over. And my friend who was working for me at the studio was like, hey, I think BuzzFeed's like a thing. You know, I think people are into that on the internet. Because still at the time, BuzzFeed was like a new thing too. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, one thing led to another. These shirts got shipped out to all these places and these people at BuzzFeed were wearing them just because they were fans. They thought she was cool. And everyone else at BuzzFeed's like, wait, what? who's that? What's that cat? And then they wrote an article about her and then Good Morning America and then this and then that and then booked, you know, then it, then it just, that was the summer of 2012. And then it just got crazy. It kept getting more insane until now. It's funny because, yeah, you were because cats kind of rule the Internet in a in a certain corner. Oh, yeah. And and I like how you talk about how Grumpy Cat was like the alpha cat and Little Bub was the underdog. And it makes sense that Little Bub would have the staying power. What do you attribute to that sense of support for Little Bub versus Grumpy Cat? I don't want to build a rivalry, but you know well, that already that already happened that first yeah, year was know, like like I, like I distinctly remember the day that i was in my local grocery store and i was like oh this has gone too far when i saw the grumpy cat coffee oh yeah, I remember that, yeah. it, it might so is it was it the fact that he was over marketed versus how you guys were going this other route oh i don't know we did i did things my way um you know I never had an agent. You know, the story was like Grumpy Cat's agent before Grumpy Cat went viral. He wanted to represent Bub. Bub kind of started picking up steam like two, three months before Grumpy Cat did, which people don't really understand. But and so the guy, he kind of was like, hey, I can help you monetize this and do that. And I was like, oh, man, this is not I'm not trying to I don't know what this is. Whatever is happening, I want to be in charge. It's my cat. I care about her yeah, and she's special needs and like, I need to be in charge. I don't need anyone making decisions for me or making me, I'm not signing anything like whatever, yeah. like this could end tomorrow and that's fine. I've got other shit going on, but, and he was like, okay. And then grumpy cat went viral. He, and he, he turned that into it. And I think the big thing was that I think Bub's story, it's a really personal story. It's me and Bub and I yeah. shared it. And, you know, there's also like the whole backstory and there's like a, there, there's like some depth to it. Mm-hmm. And there's just the sort of wild nature of how it all happened and where it led. And like, you know, through all of it, I, I kept it real DIY punk rock sort of like this is I'm involving my friends. I'm not doing this for money. I'm doing it because it's happening and we can do something cool and something creative, something fun. And people want to work with us. Like it's not being in a band. You're constantly like trying to get people to notice you and trying to get and in this situation, I, I didn't have to do anything. People already loved Bob. Like, this is a great opportunity to do whatever we want. Like, me and my buddies could, you know, we get book deals. And I would just say, like, yeah, I, I'd like to do a book, but I have to use my friends. I get to choose my photographer. And when there's a bunch of different, you know, publishers going after you, they're trying to win you over. So they're like, all right, fine, fine. What a dream. Especially yeah. because you... you coming up in the, you know, you talk about that sort of punk rock ethos and as a creative person, you spend so much of your time banging your head against the wall, trying to say something to the universe and then trying to get the universe to care about what you're saying. And you you use so many different platforms to try and do that. And you have so many different mediums 
And then at a certain point, and I feel the same way, you reach that point, you're like, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> and you have that like, that excellent, that long night of the soul. And man, I've been there. And like, and then for like something like this to happen, where then all of a sudden everybody cares. It was so nice that it wasn't about me. Yeah. And I, and I thought about that a lot when, I mean, you know, all my buddies like in the Bloomington music scene were like, scoffing at it of course you know in the beginning small town and it's like oh you know we're playing house shows and stuff now your cat gets famous like oh you're on the tv all the time and i was thinking like if that happened to my band i'd be so stressed out i played music sort of the same reason i did the bub stuff just because i loved it and i i didn't ever i secret you know you think you want your band to, people to come to your shows and then your band to get more fans and then people to buy your records but secretly i never wanted my band to get too popular because then that puts so much stress on like your art and what you're doing and with bub it was just it was awesome it was like it's not about me i'm not worried about what like people love bub that's what they care about and i can do fun stuff and people are going to like it because it's bub and it's for a good cause and it's like really positive there was no stress to the creativity anymore yeah. and that felt just and like, you could still talk to the universe but through bub yeah that, it's great. It just never happens. I mean, it does happen because it happened to you. Yeah, it's rare. Uh, I feel like you get one shot. You get a you get a couple of shots in life when people li when people are listening and people are receptive, and that's really great. Because I think about and people do they want to root for something too, you know, and they want good news, you know. And I'm kind of watching what's happening with 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 Dennis the cat. And this is all in the past 72 hours, and we're just we're just screwing around, you know. I mean, yeah, right, right. obviously, there's a cat's life at stake. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're gonna take care of it, and and I think, and that's a good thing. But there's a goofiness about it that I think people are are responding to. I mean, we'll see what happens. But I, you know, to go back to there was something sweet about Bob and the, the tongue and everything. That aspect of it, you know, versus grumpy cat was so corporate it was so like, so yeah. aggressively corporate it was so obviously licensed and like there was a a team a team of of brand experts and like analytics and like it just like you could see the office tower being built around sort of yeah and it was funny because like the parallels are so funny like grumpy's grumpy and bub always looks happy yeah it's like it was so like it was so comic book style and grumpy had like this evil manager and then bub had me just like the guy that's taking care of her like it was so Did like ever meet in like the pet oh yeah, oh yeah. World? Uh, oh yeah i mean i met grumpy cat a number of times there's a video of bub and grumpy cat together and you know i chatted with tabitha grumpy cat's owner several times and then ben La i mean ben who's the ma manager he's a, you know he's on my He's on my phone, like we've chatted. I mean, we know each other. Like, you know, it was like a, especially that first year, like whose book is going to come out. And that was drama, man. Like our book was supposed to come out first and he found out and then he pushed their release date one week earlier on purpose. They got the New York Times bestsellers list, which is why we didn't, even though we pre-sold more copies because they couldn't have two meme cat books right, on the right, bestsellers right. list at the same time. It was like, and like in hindsight, I'm like this, Bob planned this shit out. She, she knew she's not, she was never meant to be the, the, the star. Like 
she wasn't ever meant to be a you know same thing like grumpy cat had that christmas movie and we did this animal planet special which i is one of the most fascinating things that's ever happened lil bub's big show featuring special guest michelle obama without further ado Please welcome. I don't know if you've seen it. It only aired once. But it's, uh, oh, it's Little Bub's special special, and it stars Amy Sedaris and Andrew WK. I love Andrew WK. His children's show is the best. It's so good. Yeah, he's and awesome. But what's fascinating about it for you in 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 the background of it? You said it was fascinating. Is it that was the making of it fascinating for you, or are you just talking? Oh, about the show. Yeah. Oh, the whole experience. Like same thing as like I got a. You know, like, we'll do the show Animal Planet. They didn't pay us anything, but I was like, it was an experiment sort of. And I was like, but my buddy, Mark, who did, we did, you know, Little Bub's, Little Bub's Big Show. The, I don't know if you saw the talk show where she, you know, she hosted yeah. her own talk show. We were really pushing to do like a full, like, like high budget version of a talk show. Like an actual late night show hosted by Bub would be yeah. just like so, like on a Cartoon Network. I, yeah. I always felt like that would be like home run. Um, but they're like, no, no, it has to be like, what about a, it, it turned into like this really fighting this punk rock ethos against court, like straight up corporate, like yeah. primetime television was like really beating your head against the wall. Let's talk about the sausage machine. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So go on. I'm sorry. Yeah. So me and my buddy Mark were like, dude, we're not, everything we thought was funny that worked for the bub show. They were like, that's not funny. We, we see why you think that's funny, but it's not funny. And we're like, oh my God. And so Mark and I were like, well, we're, we're not going to make a good show. We're going to make the weirdest show to ever air on primetime television. And that's like, we just had fun with it. But just, I was there for the whole experience. Like I ended up directing Amy Sedaris, like telling her lines to read. Like it was a mind, for me, that was just like, what, what, is this really happening? Like we had 10 hours to shoot a 30 minute TV special. It was like such an insane, like everyone, the whole crew was like, this is crazy. I, we've never done a whole 30 minute special in such a short amount of time. And it was like, and Amy didn't learn any of her lines. She didn't like read the script. It was really like, we have to figure this. Like I had to step up because my buddy Mark was a little starstruck too. Like he was supposed to direct her, but and we were both like, I was like, all right, Amy, what if you said this? If you said this, if, if we might be able to cut it together, you know, like that kind of thing. The premise was that I'm in it for a brief moment. Like I'm going out for the night and I get Bub a babysitter and Amy Sedaris is the babysitter. And then Bub magically makes her best friends appear. And it's a pygmy pony and a hamster and a bunny rabbit. And they all appear. And then they watch Bub's favorite show, Party Animals, which is hosted by Andrew WK. And then Bub wishes she had a, uh, a show or she had a video clip on Andrew's show and then she uses her magic to get onto his show. It's like, it, it holds together. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the premise is there, but it, we needed like another year and like to actually have like at least a week to make the show. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's fun. <laughs> it was, but the point, like, I guess what was fascinating was that the experience, I had to have that experience. And Mark and I were like, dude, Maybe it's not the best show, but this is like maybe one of the coolest things we've ever. You got flown out to Burbank, and you're like making television now. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. I mean, you asked me earlier. I think what we started talking about was 
how why Bub came to me and sort of how she changed my life and or why she chose me. You know, I met my wife through Bub, and it was only a few months before we were going to be filming the show that my wife's well, my future wife Stacy moved in with me. We basically hung out like three times, and she moved in with me, moved from Minneapolis into a house with me. Wow. And then two weeks after living with me and having only actually hung out three times before that, I left for two weeks to shoot this TV show, this Animal Planet show. And she was like all alone in this house in the town with no friends. It was pretty insane. I'm so lucky she stuck with me through all this. But um, yeah, it was a, that 2012 through 2015 were a real world. Gosh, your life is a movie, man. Like the whole arc of it. I mean, has that, have you been approached? I'm like seeing the arc of like. Of <laughs> yeah, the, man, we like were approached. Like, a, like it is a Judd Apatow movie. Like I could see it happening. I could see like well, Seth Rogen playing you and like, it would be amazing. Well, we actually, I mean, it's funny you say that because I, I spent a week in Hollywood pitching like a show based on my life, but like a, a fictional story based on me. with two writers that I met through all this. Michelle T is one of them. They booked a bunch of interviews with production houses. I don't even know what this shit's called anymore. I mean, you're- Yeah, you're not, yeah. it's yeah, so yeah. hard though. I mean, just whatever dream you have, they'll make you think you're gonna get it and that you have to have it and that your life is incomplete without it. And then they'll drag it out for like four years and, and like uh, stop and then, on till, till your heart's in a thousand pieces. <laughs> But that was an ex that was a wonderful experience. So I went with Bub to all these meetings, and we pitched for all the like huge like for Will Ferrell's company, for Sasha Baron Cohen, Sasha Baron Cohen's company. We went to his house, and this is my favorite one of my favorite anecdotes. Really, is I'm sitting there and interviewing with with the guys from his company in his backyard, or whatever. And I was like, I Bub and I were like like one organism. Like you know, I always held her like she was like part of my arm, you right. know. And I knew, like, just from the way she twitched, I was like, oh, man, Bob has got to take a dump. And they were like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, you're a funny guy. And I'm like, I'm serious. I know she needs to poop now. I've been there for every bowel movement. She's got to go. I, I didn't bring the litter, the litter box in the car. Can I just put her in this flower bed? And they were like, uh, okay. And I put her down, and Bob just literally takes a dump in Sasha Baron Cohen's flower bed. <laughs> it was, I, I was like, I cannot wait to put this on my Facebook page. And I took a picture. I was like, look, this is literally Bub taking a shit in Sasha Baron Cohen's. Nice. Very nice. It's nice. Did, did you get to meet him? I didn't get to meet him. He wasn't there. He's, it was, he's like 7'3". He's like the oh, really? man I've ever seen. Yeah, he's enormously tall. It's crazy. Wow. Gosh, what an experience. And well, we got green-lighted for uh yeah it was really weird or like whatever the next step is it was what's that guy's name he was the main stripper in that movie famous uh, I, I don't know i'm so bad at all this and magic mike yeah yes his company took us on they said yeah we want to do the show and we started writing and then all this they started writing and doing it and then that person left something happened and then it actually went to the will ferrell's company or something like it was this close and we were even starting like plans like we're gonna move there 
because Bub was going to be in it or we're going to have some kind of role in it and helping with it. Yeah. I don't have an agent. I don't, I, mean, I just wait for things to happen. Yeah, so. I mean, most things never happen. I, like deals close every day here, but then yeah. like nothing ever gets made. Like, like you, it's a miracle when something ends up on television. And usually it's, it's awful because of the, the different grinders of mediocrity that it gets run through. But like, you got close, man. And it's such Yeah, a, I mean, it was an experience. Like yeah. that's not what all of it is, yeah. Like here you are living this, this elevated existence. You're, you're taking meetings in Hollywood and you're making television shows. Was it hard to come back down to earth? Like, did you ever have that, that moment of like, uh, back in Bloomington or, or, or did you always understand that like, this was a temporary gift? Oh, that was definitely like, I don't think any of my friends that I saw back home regularly even knew most, any of this stuff really. And to me, it was like, this is, it's happening. Like, hey, honey, like to my wife, like Target wants Bub to be in a commercial like this weekend. I know we were supposed to like take a hike. I think I should do this. She's like, yeah, you should probably do it. You know, it was just like a day by day existence sort of. And every, I treated every one of these things as like a wild opportunity. So the Hollywood thing was like a really insane, like really, I mean, I'll go to meetings. And then I came home. I mean, I had my recording studio. Like that's yeah. my kids. That's what I cared about. Like the Bub thing was really, I felt like I was, I worked for Bub. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I got to go on this Hollywood meeting with Bub. So it wasn't, yeah. you know, and I was, it was fascinating to be on it, but I never. No, I got you. We had a lot of, you know, like our, the big thing that happened was the scoop away deal. Bub was on the, on the, on a scoop away box or scoop away litter. Oh, okay. And that was another like crazy huge, you know, like she was literally on, I think it was 5 million boxes of litter, like every scoop away box. Incredible. Yeah, just like, it was just in, like all these things were so, and, and that like. And that you got flown out to like for the shoot. You gotta tell me. That I didn't even do, I didn't even have to do much for that. We did a lot, like we done, we did an AT&T commercial thing. We did like a tar, yeah, we did a lot of flying out yeah. to stuff for sure. But the scoop away box was just, it was just bizarre to go every time I went to Target, like. Oh, to see your cat, yeah. A wall of my cat and like the kids are like, Bob, it's like, yeah, man, that's our cat. She's right Everybody's there. pet is on a box of kitty litter in inside uh, Safeway, yeah. Right, yeah, right. And you're fooling around with like little pillow now, like are, are you like, What's like, you're just goofing with with those cats now, just seeing what sticks and just having a good time? Oh, I'm not, I'm not worried. Of course the thought, do I, do I make a page for Little Pillow? No, I, I never wanted Bud to be famous. I never, yeah. the world's- yeah, And it becomes all like aggressively gross, like that. I don't that, know what- I, That's my whole problem with the, some of this, like, I don't want to name any pet influencers, but I feel like people are getting pets now. It's a, yeah, I'm not, I'm not into it. I, one of the biggest like questions I get for articles or interviews is like, can you tell us the top 10 ways to things to do to get your pet famous? And I was like, I will, I will do this interview, but you have to understand that I'm going to tell people to not try to make their pet. That's what my contribution is going to be. It's yeah. like, this is, I have on my, you know, we, we did like the whole, there's the cat conferences became a huge thing. Yeah, CatCon. CatCon, yeah. and there's, there's a lot of them. And we did that whole circuit, you know, obviously we would 
Bub was like the would be the headlining yeah. cat and all these things. I have never seen another cat. I maybe seen some that came close, but a cat that was actually comfortable doing this stuff. Of course, it's a, it's an animal. It's a, it's an animal, but and also an animal that's a solitary animal that by yeah. nature doesn't really like being around lots of people. And I always say, like, I know I sound hypocritical saying this, but you don't understand. Bub is not a regular cat. She is like not even close. Like she is a phenomenon. She's the only cat that should be doing this. Don't let, don't this, don't do this to your cat, please. I have four other cats and I wouldn't dream of taking them out of my And house. then there's that agency that's launched that is like CAA for pet influencers. Again, I won't name. Oh, the, I think I think probably the dog agency. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. yeah. It's just interesting to see like this sort of pet industrial complex and the and the confluence of, of social media and this idea of pet culture and people's obsession with their pets and the need to humanize them. There's just like it's a fascinating moment in our culture right now that I'm really interested to see like if we could put this all in a capsule in fifty years from now, look back and be like, like, look what we did with our pets in the early two uh, thousands. Yeah, it's a I, like I said, I it, it was happening, and I was a part of it, and I, I I did it in the way that I thought was best for Bub and what made sense. But now I don't, I don't follow that world, you know, like the influencer world. Again, I didn't have an agent or anything like companies would come to us and I'd be like, I don't, that doesn't sound like something I would ever use on Bob. I, I don't want to do that. And then some that came along that was like, okay, I could get behind that. And now that's like not a part of my life really anymore. And I don't miss it at all. And when I think about all the other pets still dealing in that world, I'm just like, oh man, am I glad that's Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's about audience. People are buying the people that are following you and it's about audience equity and and stuff like that and it's as much as it's not about commodity you know the commoditization of your pet it is you are commoditizing it and you definitely did it the right way and just real quick in terms of extending bub's legacy it's really about the apparel and the merch and stuff like that and then also just the publishing photos from from bub's past right just the yes. engagement and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a tricky thing. You know, obviously I don't post every day like I used to. I think that's, there's no point in that. Right. And I'm not trying to like keep it going. I just, I just want it to be about Bub. And I know closest fans miss her and Bub's closest fans still want to see her. And they still want to see the good work that she's done. So we took over little Bub's big fund. We have a lot of big news coming out about that. And there's some big leg, we're doing a book, like a commemorative book about her, like a beautiful coffee table book. And the merchandise has been such a big part. We had a t-shirt of Bub before she was famous. It's sort of been such a big part of Bub's story. And people message every day about, are you going to re-release shirts? Are you going to make new shirts? You know, is there gonna be another calendar? So of course we're gonna keep doing that. Uh, it's been such a big part of our life and it's a it's our family business and it's now our primary way of raising funds for the big fund previously our appearances were a huge part of that as long as people are interested and engaged with bub and it doesn't matter to me if it's five million people or if it's a thousand people i'm happy to continue her legacy 
and I feel like there there's so many huge Bub fans that are not just like, oh, I remember that cat was cool. It's like people that are really heavily involved yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in everything that she's done and everything that we do as a family that, you know, as long as I'm engaged with it and interested in creating new stuff and still, I'm still like moved by everything. And I, I yeah. still feel motivated and inspired by Bub to do this stuff. That's why I'm, I'm still doing it. It's like, I enjoy it. I enjoy the, the change that she makes in people's everyday lives as well as in the animal welfare community. So yeah, it's pretty low pressure. You know, I'm not, like I said, it's not like I'm trying really hard to keep it going, but I'm, Bob always knows what's, she's still yeah, like, exactly. she's still pulling the strings and she's, she's like, yeah. you from the, from, from, from the hereafter. That's all the time we have today on the pet show. I want to thank our guest, Mike Breitavisky for joining us. Lil Bob is definitely still smiling down upon all of us. Also, please take the time and go to Apple Podcasts if you haven't already done so, and give us five stars. It really does make a huge difference. The Pet Show is brought to you by Audio Up Media and is written and produced by me, Jimmy Jelinek, with co-host Dennis Quaid. Executive producers are Jared Gustav and Dennis Quaid. Our editor is Bill Marked. Our story producer is Emma Rapold. And our head of production is the magnificent Tyler Dorson. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later.